0: Alright, everybody, welcome to this week's Starting the Tropes. I'm Erin.
1: And I'm Clayton.
0: And I'm a romance novel veteran.
1: And I'm the Virgin.
0: And we're your hosts. Hi, guys. Hi, Hello. Clayton. Hello.
1: Hey, Erin. How you doing?
0: Good. We're coming. This are you're gonna get like a hot, fresh episode this week, guys, because we are recording this down to the wire.
1: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> many other things got in the way, but we are doing this. I'm excited about it. There's a lot to talk about with this book.
0: Yeah, exciting things. A lot of fun things got in the way. So we couldn't pass those up. So, yeah. But this book, you guys were clamoring for. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I realized that there were so many Hoyt heads out there. And I'm happy to see you all. And I'm so happy that this book is one that you guys all really connected to and we're excited to have us read, because then we did a quick search of our email just now to see if anyone had emailed us about this book specifically. I know a lot of people have emailed us about Maiden Lane, uh, the series in general, and Elizabeth Hoyt, um, and nobody had. So I'm happy that we also picked uh, one that really connected with everybody.
1: Yes, and we picked Scandalous Desires, Maiden Mm -hmm. Lane, book three, which came out in 2011, which... When I saw that, I thought, "Oh, this is a newer book." It is not yeah. a newer book. It is 10 years old.
0: <laughs> this book would be in 4th grade.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: I know. It's crazy. Um and these the scandal uh the Maiden Lane series, like this is number 3, is a crazy prolific series. There there ends up being 12 and then like a ton of novellas in there as well. So it's it's really fun. But for some reason, specifically this series, I cannot keep any of these titles in my head. So like when people are like, oh, Duke of Sin is my favorite, I'm like, now who what is that? Like for some reason, it's just this series that all of the titles are like really hard for me to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember once you're like, oh, it's Hero, it's Hero and Griffin's book, or um, Temperance's, or of course, Winter and Isabel. So I remember immediately, but for some reason the titles are tough for me.
1: Well, like Scandalous Desire is sort of a generic title.
0: Yes. So let's judge this cover.
1: Okay, so the Kindle cover has charming Mickey O'Connor on it. And he's hunky, that's for sure. But I think he's generically hunky, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is the Mickey that I would fall in love with.
0: Well, and also, his hair is short. Mm-hmm. So we, I'm out. Immediately. I'm done. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't look like Mickey, and I feel like Mickey also is supposed to be this, like, lithe, like, very, like, sexy, long hair. Sinewy. Like, yeah. And this guy is just, like, a hunky dude who would be, like, drinking beer and watching the game at, like, a generic sports bar. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, he's got glamour muscles. This guy's got glamour yeah. muscles. Mickey has got functional muscles mm-hmm. he's got athleticism and that's where his muscular ch- comes from this guy is a, a crossfit dude
0: yeah he seems like a really nice guy like he probably has a dog with like a name like huck or pip or something like that you know yeah i mean hiking
1: yeah the guy's fine i'm not a big fan of that cover but there is the no. mass market paperback cover from 2011 which we see parts of Silence's head and Mm -hmm. only Mickey's chin and she's taking his shirt down. I like this cover.
0: (laughs) That cover is absolutely stunning. Great. The cover where it's the couples and anytime you see like an undone, beautiful dress, I'm in. Why would you have this mass market absolutely gorgeous cover? Would you ever do anything else? I know. It's hard to say.
1: It must have been a time. It must have been just like, hunky dudes are selling right now. Let's do it.
0: That has to have been it. That it was just like, there are certain things that go in and out of fashion, but it's like, listen, I just love a clinch cover. I just want a clinch cover. I just want a beautiful woman in a dress and a hunky man. That's it.
1: So I I just so happened to see online the step back for... (gasps) The book. And it's them in the bathtub.
0: Stop it. And uh, it's
1: amazing. You should post it on Instagram if you can find it.
0: Okay, You won't tell me where you found it. I have to find it myself.
1: I think you just Google it. I think I just Googled it. I don't I don't know <laughs> what well, I didn't save it, but maybe I can find it.
0: No, I'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah, we'll definitely have, we have to start incorporating Step X because Step X are so absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Oh, now that's all I want to do. Just look that up. But I'll wait. Um, but yeah, so Clayton. What was this book about?
1: So this book was about Charmin Mickey O'Connor, who is a pirate. He is the most dreaded pirate on the Thames. Thames? 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 (laughs) Most dreaded pirate on the Thames. (laughs) And he has a illegitimate kid, Mary Darling, that was at a home for for homeless kids, foster kid, whatever this place is. And Silence Hollenbrook was taking care of this baby um, with other ones. He saw her and decided he wants his baby back, baby back, baby back, but he also wants Silence. So they had met earlier because he had... Now, I don't know if this was in a, a, a previous book, but... He had her come stay a night with him to because he, her husband, her now deceased husband, was in trouble for something. And the only way that Mickey was going to make it right was your wife has to spend a night with me. So he has her spend the night, doesn't do anything to her, but then makes her walk home like with her. Breasts basically hanging out, and her hair all messed up to make people think that they did something. And then her husband didn't believe that nothing happened. And so that drove a wedge in her marriage. And, you know, he went off, got lost at sea. And now she's back at Mickey's big palace, basically. And he won't let her leave. And they eventually fall in love. And then Mickey almost gets hung. Oh, and there's and there's also his bad dad, Charlie, the vicar of Whitechapel, who we only find out is the dad later. And he's trying to kill people. And he's a very, very evil man.
0: Yeah. And so there was a little bit of talk about, you know, this book being read as a standalone, like coming in a book three. Did you feel like this was a book that you could read having not read the previous two or or were you lost at times?
1: I was not lost because I'm used to reading books from a series that aren't the first Mm -hmm. one. So I think I could use my context clues. And you know, I figured out obviously uh, the the family situation and things like that. It, the, I mean, the ghost of Saint Giles or Giles. What would you say?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I don't know. I in my head, I say ghost of Saint Giles, but okay, that's not from any point of uh, knowledge.
1: So, G O G, we'll call him G O G, was. I guess a thread throughout this series, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: find out who it is at the end. But you were saying previously, I don't know, you were alluding to maybe this character changes, like it's not always the same person? Or am I wrong? Well, in that?
0: Yeah, it just in like later books there are other it there are other people who like take up the mantle.
1: Okay. So it isn't always the same person, but is this the first time that it's revealed who this is.
0: Right, correct, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. So that was the one thing that... but I, I would have been a little confused about that if you hadn't told me previously or just mentioned that there's this character that is throughout the series that has several different identities. Hmm. But otherwise, I didn't have much of an issue. I will be honest, the when it did focus on winter make peace i in and, and that whole situation i kind of didn't i wasn't su- super engaged in it because i had the feeling this is going to be more per- pertinent to either the books after this or the books that came before it i mm-hmm. was more really engaged with mickey and silence's romance that's really what i wanted to focus on but i know this is a series and they needed to thread stuff through so i understood that
0: Yeah, because the next couple in the series is Isabel and Winter. And so you're kind of setting up their story. But if you're not intending to continue reading, like I get that those points are going to be kind of not, like they don't really resolve themselves much. And I felt that.
1: I felt that that was mm -hmm. the the case. That was what was going to happen.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the book?
1: I liked it a lot. I mean, this is one of those books that if you're – gonna recommend a romance novel and i think definitely like recommending a romance novel for a guy this is a great one to recommend because mickey's a boss he's (laughs) kills people or he has killed people he's a pirate he steals booty which is cool it's super sexy and it, you show a, a man who has a bad past overcoming it to fall in love with uh, a pretty strong-willed heroine in silence, which I think this is kind of the epitome of what you look for in a romance, at least for me. So I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, good. I'm so happy. I, I thought that you would. I thought that you would love Mickey O'Connor. I think... Um, because a lot of this series focuses at least the first few books of the series, it kind of gets away from it as you go, focuses on like the make pieces. And they are I don't think they're ever explicitly called Quaker, but all the kids names are like these people have to be Quakers. Um,
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody names their kid temperance that isn't a Quaker.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, like a Puritan, Silence, Winter. It's funny because it's like conquered, temperance, silence, verity. Winter and Asa, which Asa is just a name. So it's funny. He's the outcast. And that's why. Yeah. Asa um, has
1: no other meaning that we're not.
0: <laughs> I could. Listen, possible. Listen, Ever, anything we say, nothing is set in stone. But as far as I know, Asa, I only know Asa is just a name and not a uh, feeling or a virtue.
1: Yes, I don't think I, I I don't know it as a virtue. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Um, and so a lot of the heroes tend to be um, like a little bit, you know, more like pious in that way. Not that this is a religious series. It certainly is not. But I think Charming Mickey is somebody who when you talk about the Maiden Lane series is always one that people end up bringing up because he is like so charming. And it is this book is so wonderful because it's so reminiscent of those old like Harlequins and it's a pirate and he captures her. But something that I love about Elizabeth Hoyt is she's always able to take these um, well-worn tropes and she always manages to surprise you or put things in a different way or tell the hard story in a way that is really beautiful and, and really kind of shows you why, we love those tropes as well, because the thing is, is like uh, because Mary Darling is Mickey's daughter, he realizes that she's in danger. So he takes her um, to sort of be able to protect her. And silence comes along with that, which is part of his plan. Yes. Um, but he never keeps silence there by force or anything like she's there under her own free will and can leave at any time. The other thing that I love is so silence is this woman and she got married very young and her and her brother and his sister have run this orphanage and, you know, very concerned with like doing good and being right. And I think there's a lot of ways in which Mickey could have seduced her. But ultimately, the time that they first have sex is her basically walking into the room saying, I need you to answer one question for me. He does. And then she's like, "Okay, now I'm going to need you to fuck me. And that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and that was such a great scene because even though he's a pirate and he has so much money and he's ruthless and he's murdered people, you never feel like silence isn't a hundred percent in control.
1: No. Yeah. He 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 definitely is gentle with her. It I mean, there is that when he's in the bathtub and forces her hand onto his dick and kisses her.
0: Don't love it. Yeah, you're but right. You're right.
1: But also, that is, I mean, that was pretty hot for what it was, Mm -hmm. which you couldn't get away with that scene now, I don't think. But then anything else after that very much is, you know, she is willing and wanting.
0: Yeah. And I love, um, and it's funny because as I was reading this book, too, I was wondering, like, there's a lot of books that have been written lately, romances, that I am just, like, not, they just aren't doing it for me. And I think what is happening a lot is I see it's just basically the same story the whole time. And what I love about this book is, like, you get the first half of the book, which is basically, it starts, one of the best starts of any romance novel it was basically just, like, her showing up and wanting the kid, like, we enter immediate rest, and it's perfect
1: perfect yes don't have 30 pages before that which is what most books do
0: yeah most books do would do like an entire chapter of her like being at home and thinking about things and then the baby's gone and then she goes here for the baby and she goes there for the baby this they're like no we're not none of that matters we're starting with her knowing it's mickey and standing there and it's like oh just from that first page you know you're in good hands and so then you get the first half of the book, which is basically just silence, you know, getting in with the guards and everybody. And it's all these ruthless pirates. But, of course, they're all pretty uh, <laughs> toothless, ultimately. They all really love her. And they love the baby. Um, and she washes the dog. And it's, like, kind of this, like, almost sitcom of them kind of just, like, hanging out and, and checking each other out and, and everything. And then... He takes her to the opera, and you're expecting like, okay, they're gonna come home, they're gonna have sex, she's gonna say like, oh, I can't do this or whatever. Not none of that happens. They come home and they find out that like the nursemaid's been murdered,
1: oh, <laughs> and everything oh, flips
0: on its head. Yeah,
1: Finola, I think is how you say her name. Finula. Finula yeah. is uh it gets vitriol thrown in her face, mm-hmm. and it's so heartbreaking. That she was protecting the baby, and that's why she got the face full of it. And when it turns out, spoiler, to be Bran, who was in love with her, and that wasn't the plan. The plan was for silence to get it in the face. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because Charming Mickey O'Connor did the same thing to Charlie, the vicar of Whitechapel, who was his dad. 'Cause he thought the only way he could get away was to throw this in his face and then run and run and run. Mm-hmm. Now it is so sad, but then when when Bran, you know, he he was he was crying over her, and then we realized why he was it was hitting him so, so hard was because he had a hand in it. He was the he was the rat. He was the one who was giving information to Charlie because he wanted to take over. He he felt like Mickey was run them with an iron fist and didn't want to be under his thumb anymore. So that was really, really interesting. And I, I kind of thought that could have been the, the play that that was the person who did it. But mm. I was surprised that she went through with it because the fact that, you know, I'm going to Finiola. I said it wrong again. Uh, she she got killed was just really tragic
0: yeah there is it it she was just like a lovely character, and then um it and then it does also bring you fear because you're like, oh, okay, so any of these characters that I love could die, like yeah, this is Romeo Savel, so it's not going to be silence and it's not going to be Mickey, but like everybody else is there's a strong possibility um, and
1: and this and, and she does a Elizabeth Hoyt does something that is nearly impossible for me, which is make a romance that has a baby that's a central part of it and a dog and i and i like this book i didn't hate it
0: (laughs) yeah kids and romances are hard i think that she does a good job of also like the kid is appropriate like is age appropriate and also is just kind of like there when she needs to be there like Is only used as a plot device to move everything forward and isn't just sort of like, and then there's kids here and aren't kids cute? And isn't this a cute thing a kid would say? No. Yeah, the kid
1: gets sick. And then we, the reason why that works is because we see Mickey singing to her and loving her and that's a character move forward for him, which is what's important. I still have I know I know the dog Lad saved the baby, but I still have no love for the dog. I really could have done without that whole situation.
0: Listen, I love dogs and I loved Lad. I thought he was great. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um I think that it, it, I loved this book too because I feel like it is also just about M- Mickey. Like the thing that's interesting is he like runs from his father and his mother, and his mother who's a woman who has suffered um, a lot of abuse and manipulation at the hands of um Charlie. And you know Mickey's on his own at 14. he immediately builds a family, which I don't think he necessarily sees himself as as a father figure to these people, but like by brand's actions he is Yes. um and so he's this like hyper masculine that way that sort of when people don't know how or, or when men, um don't know how to be masculine they become really toxic and so he's kind he's like taking things like what he did with silence was like almost unforgivable you know he's stealing he's sleeping with all these women he's doing all these things that um and especially the way that he's treating bran in that he's like you have to do everything on your own and you're always on your own and all that is sort of what plants the seed in his mind to to turn coat on him. But, yeah, so he's this really toxic version of hyper masculinity. And then when silence comes in, like really slowly, she kind of turns him into the opposite, which is like non-toxic masculinity, which is like the kind of masculinity that is really um important and really beautiful to see. Uh, when it's expressed in that way. And I really loved just seeing that turn because it also doesn't happen overnight and it happens really slowly throughout the book until at the end, he literally becomes a different person.
1: Well, it's funny too, because you see his longing for family because one of the big sticking points is she won't come down and dine with them. Mm -hmm. And he says, we all dine together. We all dine together. And if you're not going to dine with me, then you're not going to get fed. Now, of course, all the other pirates the people who are supposed to be guarding her they they give her food and that's all really cute they all sneak her food and she's like I'm going to actually gain weight from <laughs> this this hunger strike that I put myself on but I that really is you know you feel for Mickey cuz obviously you know he is holding her and everything but he just wants to sit down as a family and eat and he wants yeah. her to be part of that and you see those things where You see that where that comes from, you know, what that comes from and who he really, truly is deep down when you strip away all those defenses that he had to build up because of his bad childhood and his bad dad and his mom, who was, yeah, she got turned out and all this stuff, but she picked the dad over him.
0: Oh, not that she's completely innocent in everything. Like, obviously, there's a lot of issues with her, too. But I think when you're, you know, she was with an abuser. Yeah, and it made her do things that I don't think that she would do, or maybe not. I mean, I don't know. We never actually meet her, so. <laughs> but I think it's it's a it's, it's a it's hard. But yeah, it makes sense also for Mickey to have a lot of hate for him, but in her. But I think that, um, yeah. But him having the dog and getting so domesticated and stuff, it was really great. Mm. Uh, what did you think of with silence? The dog. I of course. <laughs> Sorry.
1: No, I like silence. I, I I, mean, I thought she was, like I said, she is somebody who stood up for herself. She's somebody who was also sexual
0: mm-hmm. in
1: a very fun way. I mean, listen, she gives this guy death row head. <laughs> that scene was amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, and then also like this is a steamy book because then there's that great scene where they're. They, he moves her next to his, his uh, room mm-hmm. and she was about to go back in to say something to him because they kissed and they, but they kissed in like a gentle way in, in, a, in a way that wasn't forceful like the, like the first time and he gets so turned on by it and, and he says in this book which is great that he doesn't ever stop his desires like if he wants mm-hmm. to eat something that is rich he'll eat it. If he wants to take something that's fancy, he'll steal it. So he always gives into to his desires immediately. And so as soon as she walks out, he's jerking it. And she opens <laughs> this door and sees it and gets really turned on by it. I was like, oh, that's such a great scene. And he just immediately is like, as soon as she walks away and he's turned on, he's like, I can't have this. I need to be satiated. And then he has uh, his crisis, he calls it, which is a great name for... <laughs> An orgasm, his crisis, Mm -hmm. and it's such a great scene, but there are those things, those those really, really, really steamy moments in this book that kind of caught me off guard because we – I'm trying to think of the last time we read a book like this steamy – or maybe it's just <laughs> been two weeks since we read a book, so that I have the last ha- book
0: was Morning Glory Milking Farm, which there was oh, a lot ve- of jerking.
1: Very, very... Yeah, I guess that was very <laughs> steamy, too.
0: But no, I agree where I think this... You know, in Morning Glory Mil- Milking Farm, we both really loved and was mm-hmm. really fun. But it is like a monster romance. There's just like a different vibe to it than this kind of like... These historicals that we both like really love, where I think like... Yeah, the level of steam in this one was steamy
1: yes yes
0: That that's what this book does too really well where it's like it um progresses in a way so like when they finally do have sex you're like oh my god yes thank god they're having sex finally like i can't wait for this as opposed to just sort of like or you know sometimes it's just like oh and now they're having sex because i guess the author wanted them to have sex at this stage and this <laughs> is know? the point
1: in the book where they're supposed to because it's this percentage into the Kindle or this page into the book. But yeah, I was. It, it's funny because, you know, I did check how much was left uh, at certain times and I thought, oh, they haven't fucked yet. That's, but that's awesome because they're building to it. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was wanting it to happen earlier. It happened exactly when it should have.
0: Yeah. And wait, so I want to know what you thought of this moment where. So they come home from the opera. Fanula is dead. Like everyone's distraught. They go into Mickey's room to get away from the body, and they're she's holding Mary Darling, and then like she and Mick start kissing like very passionately. And she's like, "I got to get rid of this kid because mm-hmm. I, I want to fuck this guy." All of a sudden, he's pulled away from her, and her three older brothers are in the room. Were you shocked? I was shocked.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I loved that scene because it was also them, you know, they, they, the three of them hate charming Mickey. It's sort of established that they never get together to do like kind of anything. And so like, that's why, how big this is that they have to get silence out of there. And silence is like pretty much no shame. Like I'm, I'm making out with this dude. What are you doing here? And Mickey realizes that like, he kind of can't keep her safe anymore and he can't keep Mary safe. So he lets her go. And she, like, kisses him real hard again before she leaves. And I just loved that level of defiance, like, in front of her family in that moment where she's just like, I got a new family now. Like, I'm coming with you to be safe. But, like, I'm going with him the second I can.
1: I love that. Yes, because then Mickey comes back and say and and retrieves her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come with me. And she's like, well, of course I'm going to come with you. Like, it was great because they had that bond together. And then there's another great scene where, you know, we talked about that when they first interacted and he made her walk home in shame because they're on their way to the opera. And this is, I think, silence is only her third ride in a carriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, when, when were the other times? And she said, well, one of them was... My sister sent one to pick me up during my walk of shame. And they have a conversation about, she said, why did you do that? Why didn't you just ravish me? And he said, because I could. Because this was more evil. It just Mm -hmm. felt more evil. But also the thing, too, is that he really was, he says, if your husband loves you, he'll believe you when you say you didn't do anything. And guess what? William didn't believe her. And so mm-hmm. later, when she's thinking about what, you know, her, her marriage that she had put up on a pedestal, she realizes this wasn't a real marriage. We were too far apart in age. He was always gone. And we never really had a strong connection, not the connection that she feels with Mickey. And of course, that was a cruel thing to do to get her to understand that her husband didn't really love her. But it was that romantic side of Mickey that that believed in love that way believed that love was believing somebody when they said something
0: well yes and then at the end what happens is like so mickey get i mean the ending is just like breathtaking like pure drama
1: yes (laughs) like
0: edge of your seat action like so good um but basically so like mickey is in prison and he's going to be hung and before he gets hung the um, Charlie has come and he's taken silence away. So basically Mickey is being driven to the gallows. It takes like three hours or whatever. Um, and during that time, silence is with Charlie. And when Mickey bursts in the room and, um, silence is, is weeping. And he's like, what happened? He's like, you know, if he hurt you, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll I'll make it right. We'll make, we'll get through this together. Dah, dah, dah. And she's like, nothing happened. He didn't touch me. Like I basically, I killed him when he came near me. And Mickey's like, oh, I'm so relieved. And Silence is like, do you believe me? And he's like, of course I believe you. If that's what you say, then that's what you say. Yeah. And so it's sort of that echo to the moment of like, yeah, like it's tested in this like way that is not great. But it's it was like a great echo of like, no, that's how, you know, even before Mickey has said that he loves her, that he loves her.
1: And it's great that she stabs Charlie and the way she was, she, she was able to do that is that he, it uh, Mickey taught her that like, mm-hmm. this is what you do if someone comes at you and you either go for the gut if you want to kill, or if you go for different areas, if you just want to maim and she went right for the gut, killed a guy. Well, no, actually she didn't. Mm-hmm. She ended up stabbing him in the back because <laughs> that's the only way she could get to him. But still she went for the kill, I think.
0: I love that she was just like, listen, I didn't really pay attention to what you said. I just stabbed him in the back. Like, I hope that's yeah. okay. And he's like over there d- dead. And, <laughs> and Mickey is like, yeah, that's fine. Like, literally, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, No, but I loved that. Well, and also that the whole three hours that he was just like mumbling to himself, which is like so creepy. Mm-hmm. Can you oh, imagine yes. just being in a room... With this like very bad person, and they just are talking to themselves and talking to somebody who isn't there for three hours, I would be like, "This is <laughs> awful." That That's would so be scary. like being,
1: that'd be like being in a room with myself. <laughs> uh, what, what did you mean, think I so was dumb. doing before we did this this podcast? <laughs> Why do you think I had to push it so late? Is because I had to get my mumble session.
0: <laughs> you had to just rant and rave for as long as possible.
1: Yeah. So the ghost saves him from the hanging, cuts him down and says, I didn't want to save you, but silence needs you. Mm -hmm. So kind of a DSX Machina situation to save him, you know, to have this other character just appear and cut him down and save him. But, you know, listen, I didn't want Mickey to die. So it's great. And then at the end, we find out that Silence's brother, Winter, is the ghost. Mm -hmm. So that means very little to me (laughs) as not a reader of this series. And maybe we'll read more, so it'll mean more, uh, you know. But also, this is the third book, so I think it would be a bigger bombshell if we would have read the first two.
0: Right. this has this has echoes of um Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, and that you get the big reveal in this book, even though it's not
1: that's right. That's right. yeah,
0: and that was the third book, too. So maybe there's something about the third book.
1: I think um, it is you have to give them that because it's a trilogy, and you mm-hmm. you can't you can't tease out something for four, five, six books because people will. there's only so much teasing you can do right. You know, romance romance novelists know that they know that three books is about as much teasing as someone will take before they need a full release.
0: Yeah, (laughs) they're they're very well versed in that, I think. um, Yeah. And and somebody wrote and I can't now I can't remember who, so I feel bad. But it was somebody either in the Facebook troop or on Instagram that basically said that like it's basically like. Four different trilogies that are kind of interconnected, and so this is like the cap of the first three, and then it starts like another three and stuff. So it makes sense also that that was a given at this moment. And the other thing about that too is like he's basically they had had a plan for him to be, to be um, what is it? Sprung out of jail? Isn't that Oh
1: yes, that? yeah, and it would have worked.
0: Yeah, some sort of thing. But when silence is taken, basically, he tells all of his men, like, her life for mine, like, you have to go save her and I don't want anyone to save me. So for him the entire time, he's like, I hope nobody is here saving me because it means they're not saving her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like when Winter does, when the ghost does that, he's also kind of like... Um, I don't think he doesn't know that silence is taken. I when he says that, I think he just says, like, she needs you. And I thought that was just like kind of winter acknowledging that, like, silence is in love with him. And yes. wants to be with him and not. I don't know. I didn't take it that winter knows like, oh, literally, she's like in mortal danger, because I do think then him as her brother would have just gone there immediately.
1: Oh, no, it was definitely she needs you as in emotionally. Well, so here's the big question. And I, I couldn't imagine us not agreeing, but would you fuck them?
0: Yes, of course. Both. A
1: hundred percent, both of them.
0: Without a doubt, without a moments of hesitation.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely.
0: Come on. Mickey's just also having threesomes night after night.
1: <laughs> I know. And he's so bored and he wakes up and he, so, up, so and he smells, all the women. he smells the sex and he thinks, ugh. I do love that he refers to her boobs as titties, though.
0: Well, and the way that this book mostly refers to his dick as his penis, just anatomical.
1: Great. Love it. Listen. It is. That's what
0: it is. It's a penis. Yeah. Don't overthink it, Hoyt. Just put it in there and that's what you did. And I appreciate it. You were concentrating on other more important things and that's what we want from you. Anyway, I don't know. I feel like we haven't talked a lot about this book, but also I feel like we're just talking about how much we love this book. And I don't know how interesting that is, but I think it's like, it is so good and it's so well done and there are so many layers to it. I mean, I had already read this book a while ago. So reading it now for this was still a really enjoyable situation, even though I remembered most of like the big plot points. It was it was still so it's just so enjoyable to read. Um, And then on the, you know, subject of rereading more Maiden Lane is I remembered that one of these books, Darling Beast, is a minotaur book. What? I know. So we I we are gonna have to come back to Maiden Lane because we wait do have an to actual read
1: that Minotaur look. exists in this world. No, not
0: a literal Minotaur, but it's like a retelling of the Minotaur myth.
1: Okay, that's that's Sorry, good. That's fine. That's good enough.
0: I <laughs> mean, there's a maze, hidden lots of hidden places.
1: Oh well, Jesus, then yeah, it's a slam doink. We got to do it.
0: Yeah, she's a playwright. He's a, like a giant disfigured man gardener. Nice. Yeah. Listen, I think it could be great. We'll do that one. I mean, we won't do it next, but we'll do it soon enough, I'm sure. Yes. Um. Should we do Goodreads lists?
1: Let's do it. And it looks like there's a lot of them.
0: There's a ton, so we can stop early if you want. I think I just get excited when it's a book I like.
1: Skip to some of the best ones, I would say. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, doorstep baby. Best romance hero discovers he has a child.
1: Yeah, but this book isn't really about... It's not so much about that, which is great.
0: Yeah. Um, villain as a romantic love interest.
1: Yes, I love that this guy is a pirate and he's killed people and he steals. I think that is cool.
0: Yes, I love when authors just go there and they're like, here's a bad guy because he's a straight up murdered a lot of people. Yes. And that's that. And there's no like... Oh, but actually he does it for this altruistic reason. It's like, no, because he loves stuff. And as someone who loves stuff, I can really get behind that as a motivator.
1: (laughs) Nice. Well, that's that you do live (laughs) in a different society than he did. So that is more worrisome than than his his inclination to steal. But
0: I don't steal. I'm not saying that I steal, but like if you give your character the motivation of like, why does like why does he want this stuff? Because he wants it. Oh yeah. yeah. Good I thought you meant me? murdering.
1: I thought you meant you're oh. like, yeah, I could. I see stuff and I want to murder for it.
0: No, I'm not going to murder anybody for. It. I'm very squeamish. Yeah. Um, best rogue, ro- uh, best rogue rake romance books. Now, I wouldn't call him a rogue or a rake.
1: Oh, he does fuck a lot, but but that's not the main. Lot, but he's more of yeah. a rogue. A rake not is not some... even
0: though I don't even think he's rogue. Like I feel like rogue and rake, they have to be people who are like smooth talkers, like but not have the level of like dangerousness. I guess that Mickey has. Like I always feel like rogue and rakes, they're like second sons, aristocracy, and they're kind of like lazeabouts, which Mick oh, is not.
1: He's definitely not a rake, a hundred percent not a rake, and a rogue. The the way rogue is used in romance, he probably isn't. A rogue mm-hmm. romantically because those characters are defined by their sexual conquests and sex is just another indulgence of right of mickey's he it doesn't his world isn't he doesn't surround his world in picking up women that's not his main focus he likes everything so right. i do agree that it's it should not be on this list
0: um, historical pirate romance books. Yeah,
1: he's a pirate.
0: Romance in Ireland and or Irish heroes and heroines.
1: Well, he's Irish. Mhm. So, yes.
0: I've loved you for years.
1: Yeah, he loved her ever since he shamed her publicly.
0: <laughs> I know, which is so uh, that's a bummer, dude. Um, so you love a bad boy or a tortured hero?
1: Uh, he's a bad boy and tortured, yes.
0: Um, Georgian romance. So
1: this is the time period, and this is before what we usually read.
0: Yes. Yeah. So it's based King George. So King George was king when he's the one that we fought in the Revolution. Okay. Uh, so it's like, um, yeah. So it's like Revolutionary times in America. It was the Georgian time, and then right after the Georgian is the Regency. Okay, cool. Someone's gonna correct me if I'm wrong, but I I'm pretty sure. Love in the merchant class or working class.
1: I mean, can, he was the working class, but now he's rich.
0: Yeah, he's the merchant class because he works ostensibly. He has a legitimate shipbuilding business. Oh, that's, that's right. His, like,
1: we didn't yeah. even talk about his alias that he has a whole different he has a whole different life and a whole different servants who only know him as Michael.
0: As Mr. Rivers.
1: Yeah. Michael Rivers, who's a shipbuilder. And yeah, uh, yeah, just bringing a a lovely lady home. So that was cool. Yeah, he's got double identity, but.
0: That was so wonderful. And then just seeing him as that and also seeing like this is his sort of like highest dream is to just kind of be like a little bit more boring. And he just needed to be like persuaded to give it up. But he had already built a life that he could walk into historical romance, Beauty and the Beast theme.
1: Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah. What did I say?
1: You said Beattie. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Don't take it out. Clayton, just leave it. We don't have time to edit.
1: Yes, we don't. So Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Uh Best Dirty Talk. Great yes. Dirty Talk. Uh Mickey is uh very good at it. Lords of the Underworld and Historical Romance. Mm-hmm. Quiet, unassuming heroines. So you think.
1: Yeah, but not really.
0: No, but I think in the beginning and sort of through Mickey, she really finds her voice and is able to be much more bold. Um, Captivatingly yours, historical hero or heroine, prisoner, captive or indentured servant.
1: Yes, she is a captive.
0: Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, she can leave if she wants to, kind of on a technicality, but without her daughter. So she ain't going nowhere.
1: Not without my daughter.
0: (laughs) That was the alternate title. Mm hmm. Romance novels featuring masturbation. Boy, howdy. <laughs> um, historical romance. He chases after her. Yes. Q. Best long-haired heroes of romance novels.
1: Q. What does that mean?
0: A Q is the like you know in like olden times
1: where you uh, like a they line would up. have like
0: men would have like a little ribbon in the back of their hair and it was like a little tiny ponytail.
1: That's what that's called is a cue.
0: Yeah.
1: Then is that why they call lining up a cue? I don't know. There's so much to unpack with this list, but I agree <laughs> with the best long-haired heroes. Yes.
0: When do you, I, Clayton? In my mind, you always have long hair. You don't currently have long hair.
1: You have no, short hair. I have short hair.
0: When you had long hair, did you ever do like a low pony?
1: I used to pony it up all the time. Yeah.
0: Listen, you were cueing it. So yeah. Listen, if we ever go on tour, you have to grow out your hair and we have to give you a cue. All right. Hero is a real jerk in some part of the book.
1: Well, yes. capitalized real jerk. Somebody had a, a, a problem with this guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a real jerk in this in parts of this book. But that's what makes his redemption even sweeter.
0: Exactly. But yeah, no, sending a woman home, making everyone think that she has been assaulted is not cool. No. Um. Charmer, romance novel heroes with charisma.
1: Yes, he's got some charisma to spare.
0: Historical romance with unusual settings.
1: What do you think the unusual setting is that they, is it, what's unusual about this setting? Because I didn't find it to be too unusual.
0: I think it was that it was taken, it took place in London, but it took place in like a really gross seedy part of London. And then in my mind, even though I know this is not true... In my mind, they were always on a pirate ship, on like a big riverboat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I know that wasn't true. But yeah. no.
0: <laughs> But for some reason, that's all I wanted it to be. And therefore, that's what it was. So I was like, oh, yeah, the pirate ship. But no, it takes place in just a house. Mm-hmm. I hate to love you. Not really, I would say. Once they were in love, they were both or Mickey took a long time to say he loved silence. But silence was pretty early on with the I love yous. Yes. And then historical romance, that should be made into a movie. Uh,
1: it should be made into a series because that's mm-hmm. what romance novels are made into now. Mm-hmm. But I would agree, I, I would watch this. Yeah. I definitely would watch this season with Mickey.
0: <laughs> well, and the thing that I think is really great about the Maiden Lane books and why, like, particularly I think that they should be optioned Um Is the way that they all weave together and that it is like three book little sections. Because I think the problem with a lot of really long romance novel series is it's like it ends up being kind of like the same group of people over and over just living out the same sort of thing. But with this, the... Scope of it changes, the sets would change, the location change, the people change. It all has like this similar thread. So you're always in this particular world. But I think it would be really easy to have it go on for like 10 seasons and every season feel like it's something fresh and new while you're still kind of getting the same thing as well. So like, come on, if anybody from Netflix or Amazon or Apple or any of these places are listening, option it and then hire us.
1: And we know that we know you are
0: uh tropes clayton what are your tropes
1: pirate romance forced proximity
0: Mm -hmm.
1: voyeurism because the Mm -hmm. peeking in scene that was very awesome masturbation fake identity because he had a fake identity bad dad bad mom i think they were both bad yeah heroin is a quaker Big family because she has a big family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and death row blowjob, which I already mentioned, and then <laughs> and then another trope that is in a lot of books that I don't know if I've ever called out, but res- I guess it's we got to think of a pithier title, but respecting books shows a person's character because a
0: lit, lit lover.
1: Lit lover, right? But but it's used specifically to show this person isn't as uncouth as we thought,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: he has this beautiful library, and he loves books, and he loves this butterfly book. And he and he brings he finds a book while he's stealing stuff from a, a boat, and he brings it for uh, Mary because he's he thinks that they, she would like it. And so showing a, someone who loves books as Having a uh, a morality mm-hmm. is something that happens a lot in romance novels,
0: right? But well, famously, John Waters said, "If you go home with somebody and they don't have any books, don't fuck them."
1: That is so true, and Which that's is such the good most advice. succinct. It's such the most succinct way to say that. <laughs> Aaron, what are your tropes?
0: Um, so I have villain as hero, babies in romance, pirate hero, Quaker heroine. Um, I've loved you so long. Enemy to lover, not enemies to lover, because I don't feel like Mick ever saw her as an enemy. She was kind of like the, the This was a journey that only silence was going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Bad
0: dads, Beauty and the Beast retelling, but also a Hades and Persephone retelling, kind of, of her going to the underworld, living with its king, her family rescuing her, but her going back for a period of time. You know, it's all there. Yeah. Um, a religious heroine. Connecting rooms, like, listen, there's nothing I love more than a door separating the hero and heroine and each of them look at the door and have thoughts about the door and what's happening on the other side of the door and want someone to knock on the door. You could write a whole room in just called The Door. <laughs> and I would yeah. read it were just them thinking on either side. I think it's so good. Um, hero buys heroine a new dress. I don't know what this trope is, but I love it. Maybe it's like a My Fair Lady trope or something like that because he... Hunts through all of his booty and he finds like a perfect dress and all these things for silence to wear to the opera and there's just something about that that I love. Maybe it's also my materialism.
1: no, I think that's sweet though. I think that's cool yeah. like and she was also wearing her kind of black clothes because she is was still in mourning or at least appeared mm-hmm. to still be in mourning,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, underworld Romance, Can't Say I Love You, that's Mickey Can't Say He Loves You, to silence. Because then it's always so good when they finally do. Yes. Um, Heroin in Peril, Hero Thought Dead, Double Identity, and Prison Sex. I also had Prison Sex.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, Clayton, so what has you swooning this week?
1: Well, I'm swooning about TV, which is usually your purview, which is interesting. I love TV. But and I know you've probably I, I don't know, maybe you haven't seen this show, but I've been watching the other two season two on HBO Max mm-hmm. and this show was originally on Comedy Central and it was about two siblings, brother and sister who have a younger brother who becomes a Justin Bieber type superstar and them dealing with that situation and the second season is a little bit different because now they're dealing with two people in their family being famous, their mom and the, the son. <laughs> and it's, the mom you know, is
0: Molly Shannon, who is perfect.
1: Who is everybody's, she she is so sweet in this show and so funny that, mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing about the show. And, 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 I, and I, I talk to Pat about this all the time. It's not like uproariously funny. It's It is funny, there's some funny things. They do do a little bit too much of the hip references where they're talking about the Hadids and all that stuff. But there is something fun hanging out with these characters. And I think Mm -hmm. you just like hanging out with all of them. They're a fun hangout. You do get a few chuckles. And it is nice because these characters aren't completely cynical. They are. They love each other. Like... The son is this Justin Bieber, but he loves his mom. He loves his his uh, brother and sister. And the mom is so proud of all of them, even if they're not all successful. It's just sweet. But there's also, you know, biting satire to it as well. So it's on HBO Max. It's the second season. I would say listen, watch. uh, Listen, I'd say watch the first season first but you could probably jump into the second season if you wanted to, but I wouldn't see why I don't see why you would, but <laughs> so I'm swooning about the other two on HBO max.
0: Yeah. I'm so grateful it's on HBO max. Cause the first season was on comedy central and it is near impossible to watch a show as it is airing on comedy central. There it's is so no yeah. way unless you have like regular cable, but like, it is so bizarre. So when I saw it was on HBO Max, I was like, thank God, because I loved it so much. But I was like, I ended up just buying it on Apple because I loved it. But I yeah. needed it. It's a great swoon.
1: So, a- so, Aaron, what has you swooning?
0: So, um, you know, I don't think anyone is going to be surprised by sort of like where I am politically and obviously kind of what happened in Texas. Um, recently was devastating and is going to be devastating for a lot of people. Um, but an organization that I have been, you know, I just set up a recurring donation with them and I would implore anyone else who is feeling kind of similar to me and also feeling a little bit hopeless to also, um, consider donating to them if you're able to. Um, and it is uh, the National Network of Abortion Funds. And so what they do is specifically just kind of like help women who are seeking abortion, um, but have financial constraints, uh, sort of are able to then um, go through with the medical procedure. Um, and yeah, and so I set up, I have, I give $20 a month, so it's not something that I necessarily (laughs) notice every month. Um, and so it's great and it means that I am, you know, doing a very, very small part to sort of contribute to what I think is a really, really meaningful cause. Um, so if you are like me and you have been looking for something to do, I I really want to recommend, um, the National Network of Abortion Funds. So I swoon about them all the time
1: so Erin where can they find us
0: so you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com don't forget to um also rate, review and follow us on Apple um podcasts it's a it's helps you guys are really wonderful at writing reviews so I would just keep doing it it always makes us smile whenever we see them um And then we are also on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. And then we also have our Facebook troupe, the Learning the Tropes Troop, which you can come and join um, and hang out there as well. And then finally, we have merchandise, which is linked in the show notes. So if you want to buy a face mask or a T-shirt or a phone case or anything with our logo on it, that's the place to go. And TikTok. Oh, and we're on TikTok. Learning the Tropes, uh, or we're at Learning the Tropes on TikTok, um, which Annie runs and she's amazing. Um, and we thank her for that because we are two elderly people who could not figure that out on our own.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we'll see you next week. Happy reading.
1: Happy reading.